Um, Channel 10. <laughs> Hello, Channel 10 podcast listeners. We have a bit of a public service announcement before we get into this dope conversation with Brace Saga. If you listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, we need you guys to subscribe and like and rate and comment. Uh, by doing that, you help us to reach a greater audience, get the numbers up, and um, allow us to keep delivering this dope content to you. So um, please go and do that. Rate, subscribe, listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Stitcher. Also, as always, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Through Audible, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash channel 10. There you'll have over 180,000 audiobook ch- uh, titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player device. Um, if you like listening to podcasts, you'll definitely like listening to um, such a wide selection of audiobooks that are out there. And also, as always, go check out channel10podcast.com where you can find all of our episodes, um, our articles, and also you can find all of our social media contacts to hit us up on there. And also you can support the podcast by shopping through our Amazon link, which is uh, at the top. So with no further ado, public service announcement over. Let's get into the show. You like, see you then, Channel 10. And we used to think the people would catch on. No, but if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, <laughs> like, well, I didn't know that. Do it, yo. yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up? On, man. What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up? All good, baby. In every hood, son. What up? Yep. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Network, Street network, niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, this grown man. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Call is now being recorded. So, yeah, it's um, your man, Artic, alongside Syngard. What's up? What's going on, man? Nothing much. And um, we're here with the one and only Brace Saga, who just released his uh, Retro Future project. Um, so how's it going? Uh, everything's going well. Hope all is well with you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um and um, I just got the project on Amazon, and um, we just want to get into this a little bit. Um, I'm definitely feeling it, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but um, just for your listeners, um, just tell us a little bit about the project. Well, it, it really got a weird start. I was trying to figure out how to do, like, a new type of music, or at least, you know, attempt to do a new type of music. And I started, like, seeing... Well, you remember, like, how The Wiz was, right? How it was, like, this really, like, large production musical thing. So I was like, well, Mm -hmm. how would I do a musical? I was like, well, you know, you're still a nobody, so it's going to be on a very fixed income. You know, (laughs) so I was like, all right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the best I can with the songs. And, you know, hopefully I'll make them vivid enough so the visuals, you know, transfer over. Uh, that's dope. Um, one thing that I noticed about the project is that it's um, very cohesive and 
I guess um, the thing that kind of stood out to me, and one of the things is like, it starts off with batter, and you're talking about who wants to batter, and then you end off with um, happy people. So it's like, you know, you're trying to get it, you want it bad, and then you go through everything, and then at the end, you're asking the question, um, do I deserve to be happy? And, um, you know, throughout it, it kind of tells a story, and it's interesting how you were talking about you wanted to kind of start a new type of music, or, and, um, you know, being from Baltimore, um, it's definitely not the typical type of project that you would expect, but then you still have certain references in there, like on Charm City Catch Music, where you talk about, um, about you know, the um, chicks get put on as nurses driving a Honda, so um, that definitely stuck out to me. And um, I was wondering, you know, how Baltimore kind of influenced your um, whole sound on this project. Well, uh, it's crazy you said that. Like, I, when I was putting together the project, you know, like, you know, uh, I started working on everything around that time of the Michael Brown shooting. Mm-hmm. And by the time a police state had wrapped up, you know, everything with Fred- Freddie Gray had, like, just happened. You know, like... And I'm sitting there and I was thinking to myself, like, my goal, like, realistically, if I wanted this to, you know, be a a thing thing, was I want to be able to, like, donate. I got to do something, you know. I feel like, you know, we're discouraged from fighting back, but I feel like, you know, I got to do something to give back and help. So I was like, well, if I can get to a point where this can generate enough money, I'm going to just try and give half to the families, you know, taking a hit, you know, because, like, some celebrities say, like, you know, four or five percent, but it's like, I really want to be like someone that makes a difference, you know, and uh, was thing about like catch music, you know, like y'all remember how I was, you know, you grew up in Baltimore, you know, if you don't win, you know, your parents go like, if you don't win, don't come back. And, you know, yeah. it's crazy that you would say that to a kid, but, you know, that's the truth. That's, that's just life. You know, if you don't win, you might not come back. So you have to, you have to figure out how to make your best plays and you have to figure out what's going to work and what won't. And, uh, for me, that, that was all influ- that was influential on the project. You know, it's like, uh, how can I still tell this same story? And you know, like for like my nieces and nephews, you know, how how would it translate to them? Because you know, like people be like, well, you shouldn't tell that to kids. It's like, but I really want winners. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that, it, it's a hard, you know, it's, it's a hard area to play around with. You know, but. You know, hopefully, you know, people still find the joy and all of that, even though, you know, I was trying to cover some serious things, you know, but be kind of like edutainment, I guess is the right phrase, you know, like educational yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, like how you can look at um, one thing in different ways, because like on the hook, when you say, you know, if you do not get the trophy, you cannot come home, um, you know, just from what I know about you and, you know, going out and leaving to, um, I guess, uh you know, just go out there past the city and win. It's like, um, I kind of took it as you kind of saying, but like that feeling of, I got to go out here and get it. Cause if not, you know, you know, I can't come back with nothing. So, um, um, was that part of it too? Oh man, you hit that right on the head. Like one of the crazy things about Baltimore and, you know, you learn that from being there is it may not be like the world's greatest place, mm-hmm. but you can't afford to live there. Like, it's like an odd balance, you know, it's, it's very expensive. And, you know, it's like if you, if I was to leave and do all these things, you know, talk all this good game, you know, I'm going to change this and do that. And then, you know, come back empty handed, like that, that just means I didn't play any of the cards. Right. You know, and it's like, I I don't want to do that. You know, like, 
it's a it's a lot of people I gotta say I told you so too and I know that sounds petty but I know I'm not the only one that thinks that like I know someone's listening right now like yeah you're right because like I said you know when it's all said and done I'd, I'd really like a win out of all of this you know like mm-hmm. and it's not for me it's because we got a whole city of people who are just they're talented with no outlets you know we we try and have places to do concerts at they get shot up we try and do venues in other places. We don't get the invite. Or even worse, we can't drive to get there. You know, like, it's, it's always something, you know. So it's like, well, maybe we can change that. And I don't expect it to be, like, an overnight thing. But it's just something I want to actively work towards, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. And, uh, like, all, all, all of that's a, it's like a big factor for all of us. You know, like, I remember... You know, when we were all starting to really do music for real, for real in the city, you know, when like, like before like Kane and before like Los and all of them was like really, you know, trying to make names for themselves. It's just, it's just a bunch of cats trying to, you know, sort their styles out, trying to figure out where they were going with it, you know, if they were going somewhere with it and why. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, you know, you, so you, so you, you you talked about how you kind of wanted to make this up base it around the Wiz and so you wanted to bring this kind of I guess musical aesthetic to uh to this album so um I'm assuming that you do you have a fascination with fairy tales which in turn kind of you're trying to use as a way to influence other people in Baltimore uh no 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 uh in the case of like uh in the case of Retro Future, it was, like I said, it was just, it was more about putting together a musical, not specifically, like, copying one musical or another, but, you know, just mm-hmm. something where it's like, when you hear it, you're like, wow, this is really, really different, you know, but but not necessarily negative, you know, I, I, you know, being a person who could influence Baltimore, like, that's just as much of a privilege as it would be a burden, and at this mm-hmm. point in my career, I don't think I would be the person that's right for it you know it's because it's not wise to take on a mantle that big and you know pretend you Mm -hmm. can deliver when all that isn't you know established in the forefront you know so uh like realistically like what i would like to bring to the table you know even with the uh like the way the music's structured with it being structured like uh it's structured like cabaret you know like and i know that sounds weird because i'm a i'm a dude you know but I wanted to go for these outlandishly overproduced large musical numbers, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't want people to just listen to my music. I want you to drive and feel like you're watching it. I want, if you're on the road late at night and you're listening to the CD and you pop it in, I want you to be able to finish your drive home. You know, that was always the goal for it, it was to keep you legitimately entertained. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not easy. Like, it's <laughs> it's not, you know, like... It's a lot of hard work. And I know you know, you know, because I know you've been doing music for a while. You know, it's hard to figure out, you know, what the next move is going to be and how is it going to sound. It. Yeah. Who would like it? Who wouldn't? If your uh, theory on that is right, if you can recoup from that, like, bro, this is, this ain't for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like every yeah. time you, every time you go out there, you're putting yourself out there. Um, Like, and, you know, you're putting yourself out there to fail. And that's that's not something that everybody can do. And you do it over and over again, you know, and you just keep getting back up and coming. So I definitely feel you on that. Um, your mind state coming into this. I'm just curious, like, how did you first get into it? Like, how did you start doing it? And how did your your mind state with it, like music in general, just evolve 
I wish I had a good answer for this or one that makes sense on the radio. Uh, short answer. I I just wanted something to do while I was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> long answer. I, I have an older brother. You know, I wanted to do music because we didn't really have much in common. So I was like, I wanted to, you know, start putting together something so I could have something in common just so we could talk, you know. And uh, we, we didn't really want to work on too much, you know, but next thing I know, I look around, I'm addicted to doing music, you know, so, you know, what's mm. a fella to do at that point? You know, you just keep doing it because, I mean, it, it wasn't nothing good on TV, you know, <laughs> at least nothing that's going to make you money right away or nothing that's going to get you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so when the album was finished, uh, did you have any um, difficulties? With uh, with uh, the mixing and engineering of the album, since you uh, wanted it to be overproduced and sound like a musical. Uh, yeah, I, the crazy part is this was supposed to be finished about this time last year. Mm -hmm. You know, but again, this I'm working on a lot of theory here. You know, like a you know you can't walk into just any studio for any reason and be like, hey, you know, I, I know you guys are used to mixing rap, but, you know, could you do me a solid and mix this in 7.1 surround sound or like 5.1 so it, it sounds like you're in a movie theater? Like, asking stuff like that is crazy. You know, mm. but that's what I was doing. <laughs> so it's like, uh, <laughs> so I'm asking, you know, these folks for help and they just looking at me crazy and, you know, they, they were right too. I'm not even going to stunt. You know, because, you know, like I said, it's like that. It's a big request. You know, you're asking somebody to do something they haven't heard. And the only person who can hear it is you in your own head. And then for them to get it right. Like, you know, that that's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, a lot of artists don't realize that, you know, like you're going there and be talking to like these producers and, uh, you know, the sound mixes or whatever. And you're like, nah, I wanted to have this weird clink to it because it's like you have no idea. You thought you were speaking English, but that's not what happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I wound up having to, you know, sit and I spent a lot of time on uh, lynda.com. You know, I spent like a lot of time on there, you know, taking tutorials and watching people mix stuff on YouTube just to, just to you know, figure out if it was something that I could still do, you know, and and not walk away looking like an imbecile. So... I, I was just, like I said, I was just glad I could do it, you know, because having an idea, like something that grandiose, like stuck in your head, not being able to like give it to other people or share it with other people, it's, it'll drive you nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I was impressed about was just the um, clarity and the separation that you were able to get on um, on certain tracks. Um, I forget what track it was. I think it might be the title track where the um, kick drum was coming to the left and usually, you know, most people would kind of put it in the center, but the way you had it, it just sounded right. Um, I, um, I don't know if you remember, um, I think it was that track, but I was like, yeah, you know, um, this was put together really well. And then the separation between the bass and the kick drum was really good. So, you know, definitely kudos on that. And your vocals just, you know, just kind of came through the beat, even when there was a lot of stuff going on. I've been uh I've been trying to go for sounding like a live band, you know, like I think one of the mistakes is and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm being full of myself or nothing cuz that's really not the impression I'm trying to give, but you know, one of the mistakes is like I I really 
I believe it would sound like it's more credible if it was more people working on it for longer. So, mm-hmm. with, you know, because it's like if you just tell people like you, like I sat there, like we talking like 600 to 1,000 hours just like trying to figure out how it sounded. Like mixing the whole thing one month, hating the mix and starting over from scratch the following month like it was nothing. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, putting off, you know, meeting with family, putting off, uh, you know, schoolwork, you know, missing missing work work you know stuff like that you know because it's like this thing is so important it's like it's driving at you you know and and that's not it's not a hard you know thing to explain to others you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's not hard to explain to them but it's like you know if you're like yeah you know it was just me i did blah 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 they be like oh all right you know and it's kind of met with you know a little bit of hesitation Mm-hmm. But it was like, yeah, you know, me, uh, 10 of the um, folks said blah, 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 you know, and everybody got together and we all worked on it. They were like, oh, that's dope. And then, you know, you say somebody else wrote it, so it don't look like you did it. <laughs> like, we live in the, the day and age of glorified hater. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, uh, you can't just do something and you can't be good at stuff. And if you're good at stuff, you're a jerk because you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. I, I blame so, the Karate Kid. That's <laughs> so when so uh, so when you're talking to the uh, to, to the engineers when you're mixing uh, the songs down, um, do you have like a particular uh, producer or um, you know someone uh, who's been behind um, the creation of musicals in your head um, that, that that you tried to base the album off of? Uh, this is gonna sound crazy, you know, but uh, two chains. Hmm. I really like two chains. Like, <laughs> like he has a specific type of energy, you know, with his music, where it's like it's entertaining, it's forward. He doesn't mince too many words. Nothing's really wasted. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, you know, because I know somebody probably sitting there like I was going to cop the album till he said that. But you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, like, I, I looked at the structure to how the songs are put together. And, you know, Future, the same. You know, they have, uh, like, a very interesting, say, for, like, four bars. It'll be, like, two short lines, two short lines, two short lines, and then a long line to finish all of those punchlines. So it's always yeah. a perfect setup delivery mechanism. And people will knock it, but it works. It's dope. Like, every single time, you're guaranteed to get something out of it. And yeah, like, I know, you know, it's cliche, but cliches are around for a reason, you know? And it's like, if you if we ever want to go mainstream, we have to learn how to abuse them, but still stay genuine in the music, you know? Like, uh, like for example, if there's a, a gymnast, you know, and there's a specific move that she knows would get her the gold medal, you know, and she can do it, and it's not that hard. Shouldn't she go for it every time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Ronda Rousey with the arm bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, once it's in, that's that's it. You know, she's going to get the win. You know, but it's one of those things where we get discouraged, you know, from reacting on that. Like, like we don't have the right to fly. Yeah, I, um... I Like, like, like I can hear the two chains um, a little bit in uh, some of the songs... And um, 
you know, if you're just taking a cursory listen and not um, really paying attention, you know, you might be listening to a song um, and you're thinking like, oh, this is smooth. Like um, the song that you have, Let the Beat Go, where you use the uh, Crystal Waters and all that. And um, like that song is like really smooth. It's really cool and everything. But then like you throw little things in there too, like how you said uh, edutainment. So you said um, um, if they let us keep our dads in here, um, it might it might have switched up the past 10 years and it's like those little things in there like those are the things that I kind of catch on um so it's like it's very simple and concise but there's a lot behind that well let the beat go is a little different like uh you y'all y'all know how it is you go to the club you know you you're trying to touch somebody but you know make a little love connection for the weekend or whatever you know and someone always manages to ruin that so mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself I was like Somebody should make a song just for the end of the night where everybody hooks up and leaves and that's it. Like, no one leaves on no bad blood. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, because if you listening all night and they like, yeah, you know, I'm an elbow and nigga, I'm shoot somebody, blah, blah, blah. That's the mentality you're going to carry the rest of the night. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you hear something where everybody's calm, you, ha- you can have almost like the, the black cookout feel on the way out. You know, mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't we do that? You know, especially like where we from. You know, because yeah. like, it, it really ain't nowhere to go there. You know, so it's like we got to preserve the places we got left till we can make more. You know, so I was like, well, you know, why don't we try that? You know, uh, it's not a lot of people doing stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that it's a good or a bad thing. You know, it's like if we give this a try, who knows? We could accidentally force the emergence of the next Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, we, we have to start doing stuff like that. And it could come from our hometown. You know, but we have to start doing something different with, like, the music that we're all making. You know, so for that, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, well, if I was going in the club, you know, and I, I based it on a night, like, I met my fiance, you know, so it was like one of those match made in heaven feels, you know, but it's like, how could I give somebody else that night? Like, how could, because the song I was listening to that night was LTD Love Ballad. You know, so how could I give somebody, like, I, I would love for, like, 20 years from now, somebody being in the club, like, yeah, and that brace joint came on, and that's the night I met the love of my life. Mm. Oh, like, that's fire. You know, like, that's, like, real fire. You know, like, mm. like think of all the people on Earth because of Luther. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the realest things I've ever heard, like... <laughs> Um, what, what are those songs that, uh, that, you know, that have hit you like that through those years? Like, um, um, like you said, uh, LTD Love Ballad, like, 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 what are some of the most impactful songs to you that have given you that type of feeling or ones that are connected to memories? Uh, Easy Like Sunday Morning by Lionel Richie. Mm. Like when I was growing up, I knew if I heard it in the house, Nobody was going to bother me for like three hours and I could get some quiet. Like uh, Nancy Wilson's All Is Fair and Love. It was like one of the songs I would just drive around the city to because it, it just it feels so real, so urban. And it's got this brilliance to it. And uh, y'all, y'all aren't going to like this last one. But uh, Two Chains Free Bass. Because, you know, you can't listen to classical music all the time. And, uh, like, it's got 
like I said, it's got a really forward energy. Like it'll keep you awake, you know. So for like longer drives, you know, deeper rap. Uh, in terms of like hip hop over the years, I'm still gonna go with the theme song from Fresh Prince. Mm. Cause I, I still count that as one of the best rap songs in history. And I know like a lot of people who are gonna be listening are gonna be like that's stupid, but you know, hear me out. If that song comes on in another room, you'll drop what you're doing, go over there, sit your ass down and watch the show. That's rap power. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, everybody knows the words of that song. Like, across all cultures and anything, you can drop that in the hood spot. You can drop it in the, in the whitest spot, and, you know, people are going to go off to it. So I definitely um, feel you on that. And, um, you know, um, I remember one time, most Def said something, um, you know, like when Soldier Boy came out and there was the whole controversy over his music and he's dumbing down hip hop and everything. And um, it was around the time Swag On uh, came out, um, you know, hopped up out the bed, put my swag on. And Most Def was like, you know, that's like a new age uh, Negro spiritual right there. And that's something that we've always, um, you know, me and my cousin, that we've always uh, kind of kept with us. And so, like, even those type of songs that, you know, a lot of people might frown upon or whatever, you know, we like, that's a new age Negro spiritual. So one of them is um, uh, 2 Chains. I'm riding around, I'm getting it. Like, I remember when that song came out, you couldn't walk around without seeing, like, you didn't even have to hear the song. People were just walking around the street, just, I'm riding around, I'm getting it. And it just made you feel so good. So um, I definitely feel you on that um, aspect of it, like. And this is especially um, weird because a lot of people singing that were walking. Mm-hmm. Talking about I'm riding around and getting it. It's like, <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's that's one of the things that happens when you got a good song. Like, a, yeah. you know, and again, like, it's not for everybody. You know, not every song is going to appeal to every audience, you know, like, and it shouldn't. But, you know, there was one thing that song did, you know, it was simple. It's easy to memorize. You start off mocking it, and next thing you know, you're hypnotized by it, and you can't get out of it. Yeah, that's and just it, business. Yeah, and it was. Um, I think there's something to uh, aspirational music because even if you're not riding around and getting it, just that feeling when you hear the song of riding around and getting it might inspire you to actually go ride around and get it. So you know. You know, it's crazy you said that. I'd actually been reading up on an article in American Mind mm -hmm. where they said the more that a person repeats something out loud, the more it satisfies the part of the brain that associates words with completion and will actually in turn discourage you from, in this case, riding around and getting it. Like, it would actually be wisest, you know, like, for your true aspirations, those things, you know, you keep them secret between, like, you, God, and potentially your business partners. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you make sure that, you know, you, you commit something to it every chance you get because, you know, you, there's there's not a lot of chances, you know, to keep doing these types of things. You know, as more time goes by, you know, you look around. No. But, I mean, you know, when I've ended that, let, let's be real, hip-hop and music, it's not like the NBA. Like, you're not going to get 35 and sprain your ankle and then it's like, oh, you can't rap now. Yeah. You know, I mean, that would be funny, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, we just have to be mindful of it. You know, like, I, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to like listening to music from older people. 
Mm. I, I didn't think I would, you know. But <laughs> and they always said that you would when you were uh, younger too. At least they said that to me. Like, oh yeah, when you get older, you're going like this. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I definitely feel you on that. Um, what are you listening to now? Like, what's in your rotation? Uh, there's an artist named Richie Acevedo in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Like, he's got a really interesting sound to him. He did his mixtape called Basquiat. Like, it's it's got a good little bop to it. Um, there's a couple artists down here too that's actually been doing something big. It's a guy named Revenant. Uh-huh. Rebel Gang, like their group, like that. They're young, but they're on to something. Like it can be big, you know. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm still listening, bumping the oldies, because you know the oldies are still the goodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, now with you, um, so you're you're in Florida now, right? Uh, yes, sir. So, um, you know, coming from uh, Baltimore and then moving to the South, um, you know. What are the differences down there, and um, you know how has that kind of um, impacted you? Well, one of the things I, I like about here is, you know, everyone's got guns. Mm-hmm. Like when it seems like when everybody's got guns, everybody's cool because it's like you know, it's no need for nothing crazy to happen. You know, everybody's trying to have a good time. Mm. But, uh, you know, and you'll, you'll, like, meet people, you know, and they'll be like, oh, cool, you know, what do you got? Oh, well, I got blah, blah, blah. Hey, let's go shooting. And you might actually go shooting. You know, hang out with a complete stranger, go out to the middle of nowhere and shoot some rounds off. And this is, like, regular stuff. Mm. You know? Uh, where we're from, you know, it's it's hard for people to trust anyone for any reason, you know. And as more and more time goes by, you know, we get a little more skeptical, a little more scared or... You know, because with age comes a combination of racism and xenophobia and anything different after a while must be punished or whatever, you know. But, uh, you know, while you're young, you just, I don't know, it just it just works better when you're young, you know. And like uh, in terms of the music, you know, the South has driving rhythms is driven by jazz, you know, the roots of black music, you know, mm-hmm. so. It translates differently. It, because you know how like like you you're from New York, you know, so you know how like New York music has this industrial vibe to it. Like it sounds like a big city. It sounds like the heart of a city, you know. Whereas like the music of like a you know where where like a Baltimore like Baltimore sounds like music by a dock, you know, like every it, it, everything sounds like where it's from, you know, so. I think, um, you know, one of the things, um, the difference, like, you know how, like, the South is big on the bass and the 808s, and, like, the New York is more known for the boom bat, and it's interesting how, how um, you know, physical structures actually impact music, because, you know, when you're driving around in the car, and you're in the car culture, you, you can feel that bass and you can feel that so you want to put it in your music but if you're just riding around on the train all day you can't really get that same type of bass from your headphones so you know you want to hear that that crack of the snare and a little bit more highs on your kicks so that it comes through the headphones more so it's interesting how like the culture of how you actually live kind of influences the music you know but it definitely has to I mean like yeah. we as artists you know an artist that doesn't broaden their horizons Mm-hmm. You never make anything new. You That's know, true. like, uh, 
Like, let's look at some of the, the greats. You know, like, if you look at, like, Jay-Z, for example, can you imagine if Jay-Z was still making Reasonable Doubt-style music? Uh-huh. It, it's, it's not what people think it is. Like, people always go, you know, they miss that Jay-Z, but that Jay-Z's gone forever. That Jay-Z grew. He became a husband. <laughs> like, he, like, he picked up responsibilities and, you know, industry along the way. Like, he actually had shit to do. You know, yeah. it's like, and, you know, and that's a good thing, you know, but it's like we as artists, you know, like where we're from, we're not really allowed to nurture, to nurture and cultivate our abilities the way we should, you know, like, because we, I, I'm sorry, we don't have the venues to support it, you know, and it, it would be dope to have that. And you're right. Like when you always drive around, you got like a bass system, you're going to make mm-hmm. bass knock. When you got right. headphones, everything's very snare driven. But that's why a trap works, because a lot less people are driving. You know, like, I mean, it's more cars on the road, but there's still way more people that can't afford them, you know, with the recession and all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even still, like, granted, like, as more time goes by, you know, people still, they'll figure out a way to do something new with that. You know, like, uh, have you heard of, uh, trying to think. A good example of that is, uh, you remember like when Katy Perry was making music with 3-6? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's two audiences who under normal circumstances would not overlap, right? Yeah. But it works all the same because it fits two vibes smoothly, you know? And we, like, not a lot of people can do that. A lot of people try, you know, but that's one of the things that happens when you go somewhere and do something different. You know, like that that's kind of what you know, that's kind of why like you still, you know, we still look up for, you know, Mully Man and all of them, you know, to see what they're doing, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like like when I was coming up in a city, I don't know if you remember, you remember Mully Man was dropping like the, the wire mix and all of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was killing the game. You know, I, I was checking for him all the time. And again, like as an artist, you know, listening to like another artist grow, it's phenomenal because you, you kind of want to follow along like you're reading a, a decent book. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, a lot of times we don't get that at home. We don't we don't get to just, you know, we don't get to express ourselves like that. And I still haven't figured out why, you know, between everything that's been going on with like the riots and, you know, and whatever that woman in the office keeps doing, it's just, it's not working. You know what I'm saying? Well, with all of that, you know, it's like, y'all need a voice. You know, we need a voice. You know, and I, I wish it could, I wish it could be me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do. But, you know, it's, it's going to take some time before I make sense to them. Like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, like, one thing I was talking to somebody about the other day is, um, just about how it seems like our city kept getting overlooked um, for years and years and years. And um, one of the things that's the aftermath of the riots is I think that a lot more attention is being placed on um, Baltimore artists. And that, you know, um, this person was saying that, you know, now, now it's really about to go down in terms of it because, you know, the focus is on our city and you have people outside of the city, like especially during the riots, you know, they know certain streets because on Twitter people are saying this is happening on this street. So people are looking at the Google map like um, 
okay, this is North Avenue and everything like that, the same way, you know, certain people were looking at this stuff in Ferguson. So, like, you know, you might not know anything about St. Louis or St. Louis County or the areas or anything, but, you know, now we know about West Florissant and, you know, different streets that are in that area and different artists from there are starting to rise. So I definitely think that um, just socially the things that are happening are going to make that change. Um, at least I... You know, I hope so, um, because, you know, you're starting to see the rise of certain artists. Like, you have Los, and then you have Tate Cobain, who just signed a deal with 300. Um, and, you know, there's other people who are bubbling and making moves and stuff like that. Um, and it's funny because, um, and, you know, we were talking before about, you know, the Baltimore Circle and how it used to be the circle of venues that you just used to just go to and get trapped in, and certain people never got out of that. Um and you were talking about the venues before, like certain ones are closed. I didn't know that the Black Hole Rock Club got closed. Um, but um, I definitely think that there's opportunity for things to um, open up and start start moving more, you know, or at least, you know, I hope so. I'm being very optimistic <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean, you know, like, uh, if I can be real with y'all, you know, one of the things that I like about the, I like, you know, the young brothers now, we're, we're starting to make a more, take a more active role in our own destiny, because we know help ain't coming. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nobody's going to build it for us. We're going to have to figure out how to build it ourselves, because ultimately, you know, there's going to be a whole generation of folks that's going to come up, and they're going to want to do music too, and mm -hmm. we're going to have to give them something besides excuses you know what i'm saying we're gonna have to give them a venue we're gonna have to give them a way to do it yeah. i have no mm -hmm. idea how though you know and i you know and that is something that you know as more time goes by i hate to say it, like i I'm, I'm gonna be somewhere else you know but i know there's artists in the city who have that mindset you know i know there's people who straight up will never leave baltimore and they love it ride or die to the fullest and they should you know that's home you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, we from there, we live there, yeah. people we love died there. You know, that's, that's big. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But yeah, it's you, like, uh, it, it would be on this generation, you know, to actually start fixing that. You know, but yeah. right now we can't because it's a whole bunch of economic issues that's smashing everything mm -hmm. down. You know, like, uh, like... You know, everybody, you know, people will say money don't matter, but the problem is you'll still need money to get stuff done, you know? Like, yeah. we, we still need money to, um, you know, we still need money for buildings, we still need money to employ people, we still need money for this or that. You know, and as more and more time goes by, you know, it becomes more apparent, you know, we need to start doing something with purchasing. Hold up, you're, um, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 you're going out for a second. Can you repeat uh, uh, what you just said? We need to start figuring out how to use purchasing power. You know, like, mm -hmm. people feel like money don't matter, but if you use money wisely, it can make a lot of stuff that should matter not matter. You know, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, people who be like, yeah, you know, we was turned up all summer, but then wait for donations for back-to-school stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. It's a thing, you know. It's like we can make subtle differences that, in the long term, will benefit us. 
you know, but maybe that's not, you know, something rappers should speak on. You know, we're supposed to be entertainers, but we're in a world that's kind of messed up where entertainers will tell the truth and politicians will give you the rig around, you know. Mm. I think, um, I think like, like, like what you were saying with the uh, wisdom and using money and everything like that. Um, I'm just thinking back to my experience, like in the rap game and everything like that. Um, you just, I think a lot of people just don't know certain things. And, you know, we were talking to um, Al Shipley last week and um, I brought up the point of, you know, a lot of Baltimore artists just don't know certain things. And, um, you know, they don't, even still, they're not up on the blog game. They're not up on the internet and technology and things like that. And where to put your money, like, a lot of people don't know, like, don't pay to open up for somebody, you know, just, you know, like, simple things like that. And, you know, it was a time where, I remember one time I did a show uh, with my homeboy out in New Jersey, and um, some other Baltimore artists, they were on the bill. Um, it was on, um, I think it was in Elizabeth, New Jersey, like, right outside New York, and um, I hadn't seen somebody in a long time, and they came up to me. And they were like, oh, I got to go out of state to see you, you know. And it's like a lot of people need to know that you have to you have to get out. And it's it's not that hard if you just put your money in certain places and not in others. Like, you know, a China bus ticket was only twenty dollars. And if you bought one, then you could, you know, change the number on it and print it out and hop on the bus for free for <laughs> for a good little minute. You know, it's like little tricks and things like that to get out and just go out and meet people. And I, I don't think people I, like. I think there's a fear of of leaving here. One and then two, there's a lack of knowledge of you have to get out of here, or you're not keeping it real if you do get out of here. Well, look at the way a lot of us were raised. You know, like you got people in Baltimore who lived there their whole life and haven't been over west. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. but that's what happens when you come up in a war zone. You're raised fearful, and eventually mm-hmm. that fear becomes resentment and anger because that's all it can become. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, a, like a, I'll give you a good example. You know, I, I'm walking down the street one day, back when I was uh, up north, you know, back when I was in Baltimore. You know, this dude walks up, he's like, you know, you support local rappers. And I was like, well, you know, could I hear some of your material first? <laughs> and he starts cursing me out because I didn't just buy it. <laughs> you know, it's like, so with no sales pitch, no cooperation, I, I don't even know if he raps. I don't know what's on the CD. That's like three <laughs> days ago. You know, like, and... You know, and it's it's funny, but at the same time, it's not funny because, you know, I'm sure that's a dream that was real to him, you know, and I yeah. wasn't to, like smash on him or nothing, you know, but yeah. back when we, you know, in the city, you know, like, let's, let's, let's be real about it. Uh, with $5 or $10, like, that's a chicken box. That's, I can make a couple trips, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I can get some snacks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's what I was trying to tell people, you know, it's like when you, you know, if you're going to do music, you know, you got to treat it not just like, you know, not just like you're doing music because of, uh, you know, you're doing music for fun or whatever, or you're doing music for relief. Like, that's cool. 
you know, but ultimately anything you're doing, you want to somehow be able to turn it into something that turns something else in your life into a positive. Right. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. You you know the thing about you know, like the, like what you said about both you have east and west and then even inside um, even inside like the west and the east you know you have the you know you have neighborhoods who are who are often against each other too so you know like how back in the day you weren't a gang per se but you were, you were rep your neighborhood and so you probably didn't mess with um, you know the the neighborhood that was maybe a block up from you or some shit like that. Um, so I think that that most definitely doesn't help um, when it comes to Baltimore hip hop. And then, you know, you can even see it, man. I mean, it, like, I don't understand how oh, you can have like, the, you know, like a, a TV show that has been lauded as one of the best TV shows ever made. And, you know, it kind of, you know, sparked this whole thing and this whole golden age of television that they call and nothing really happened when it came to Baltimore music. And while you have all this stuff going on. Um, in the wire, and you have you know this distinct um, depiction of 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 black of um of black culture in Baltimore. While you, while you have this um like downtown in Mount Vernon, you have these the these rock artists and art collectors who. Are, but what's interesting about them is that you know with with at least some of them, a lot of them the people who who made these weird rock art 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 collectives in Baltimore they aren't they aren't they weren't they aren't from Baltimore. So a lot of them come from New York. Or even you know further up north, and they come and they you know come to Baltimore and they just make it, so they have a different mind state. Mind state. Well, I'm starting to believe like after coming to like Orlando, you know, like I, I've had a chance to you know do music in some interesting places. But if there's one thing I'm gonna like really, really, really say like for real, for real, is there's there's a Krypton rule to all of this, you know, like. For example, you know, like, if you're an artist, don't try and make it where you're from. Like, it's cool to have your own, your hometown's help. But Jesus put it best, was like, a prophet's not appreciated in his own home, you know? Mm. Or I'll put it in more contemporary terms. In Baltimore, I was Clark Kent. Down here, I'm Superman. You know what I mean? Like, a little Mm. bit of a change can do you some real good. You know, and it's not a bad thing. You know, like... We're discouraged from seeing things because we're taught to be in a constant state of fear, you know, but what are we fearing? That it might not be that bad, that our our parents were wrong, that we're supposed to have nice things. Like, you know, we have to be careful what we're teaching ourselves, you know, because ultimately we pass that down to others. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, where we're from, you know, we're really discouraged from trying to, you know, do something with ourselves. You know, like I like me personally, I know people, you know, who have been like, you know, 29, 30, never finished college, never finished high school, never left home, you know. Yeah, Yeah. I I, like I get discouraged. Like, it's funny because people will say things to as if it's a word of advice or like if it's like a good thing because it's a good thing to them. So like somebody might be like, you know, for instance, you might get a new job and somebody might be like, Oh yeah, this is a good place. Such and such has been here for 20 something years, 30 something years, then retired. Then they needed some more people. So then they came back and I'm just like, that's not, that's not the goal. Like the goal is to not have to be here. The goal is to, 
be in ownership or something like that. <laughs> like, 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 like the ultimate goal is to take this little bit of, uh, I call them nigger pennies. You take these little nigger pennies and you put it into something to, you know, build something great and, you know, multiply and expand it so they're no longer nigger pennies, you know. But, you know, certain people, the aspirations go to a certain point and it just stops. And, you know, um, I think, you know, you know, I don't knock people's. You know, it's one thing. I try not to knock people. Like, I try not to knock people because of their upbringing or because of, um, you know, various social constructs that shape the way that they think. And the way that they think is right for the way that they exist, I guess. But I always just look at people sometimes and I'm like, yo, the way that I exist is so different. Like... There's no reason for me not to be in a different state every week or two or every day, you know, or a different country every week, you know, like that's the type of level that I think a lot of people where we're coming from don't don't think on, you know. Well, on the other end of that, you know, we have to be careful, you know, like uh, when it comes to our species, you know, not everything is for everyone, you know, yeah. like it's a it's a certain level of pride. You know, like, I feel like, you know, we're weird as the people sometimes because we'll have pride and be broke and there's not room for both. But we don't seem to know it all the time. You know, like, uh, you know, like when I was a younger man, you know, I realized I didn't have any options. So I, I joined the military, you know, because it was mm-hmm. a way to get out, you know, see some things, learn a trade. You know, maybe avoid getting shot because at the time, you know, the statistic was you were more likely to be shot in Baltimore than in Iraq. Right. You know, like you know how real that is, bro. I think it's like well, maybe not this year, but in the previous years, recently, it's been the same. Yeah, like, and it's like looking at those odds, you know, like, and a lot of cats be like, "I never serve Uncle Sam." It's like, well, what about serving yourself? You know. Hmm. Because you like somebody has to look out for family, you know, when it's all said and done, like all of us going to have to do it. You know, everybody's got somebody where it's like, you know what, for them, I would do this. You know, like for me, like when I left, you know, I just I just kept thinking about my little sister. You know, it's like, uh, like, you know, I wanted to figure out how to do something to, you know, get her where I was. You know, and. I wasn't, you know, fortunate enough to have that opportunity, you know, but I was like, if I can get the opportunity, you know, for later on, you know, then I'm going to go with it, you know, because I, I feel I owe that, you know, because she didn't get to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like with a lot of people, you know, that maybe their heart's in the right place or maybe it's not, you know, again, it comes down to fear, you know, like I'm. I'm not scared of failing at this because I've already failed doing what they were telling me to. You know, like... I, but see, I the thing is, that way, like, you know? like, you know, just some, you know, the couple conversations that we've had, um, you know, you think on a different level than certain people. So, you know, when you, when you talk about, like, going into the military and, you know, you're talking about it from an aspect of, you already know what's up and you know I have to go into this and get out of it what um, I need to get out of it, you know? 
And um, at least some people that I've been around don't necessarily go into with that same mentality. Like certain people are more inclined to get brainwashed where some people aren't. And and um, I think people like you are, at least from my experience, I don't know, you know, maybe you've met other people, but I think people like you are kind of the exception. It's not that I, look, man, like I, everyone's brainwashed by someone. That's true. You know, we don't come here with original thoughts. You know, everything in our life starts off with the basic question of what the hell is going on. And everything after that is just an adjustment from there. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, so you start off like realistically, it always comes back, you know, to your parenting. You know, like, you know, if those people are there, you know, to go, well, you can do this or you can't do that, then you'll grow up thinking you can or can't do something respectively. You know, uh, that's one of the advantages of single-parent households, though, to be honest, is there's one person there telling you what you can and can't do, but most of the time you have to figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's easy to play the victim, but it's a lot of opportunity in it if they're looking at it with the right perspective and, you know, a clear mind. But... There comes a point in, I believe, every person's life where you got to stop letting your life happen to you. and You got to start doing something to it to make it what you want out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's something you can only learn through failure, you know, and my pride's not big enough where, you know, failing's going to stop me. You know, success is just the end of a string of failures, you know, like. You know, how can you imagine, like, you know, if uh, Mark Zuckerberg was like, you know what? No one liked Facebook. I'm going to shut it down. Like, yeah, I mean, I would even go so far. Yeah, I mean, I would go so far as to say that success isn't necessarily the end. Success is just a state of being because you don't you don't have an end with it, you know, like, um. I guess going back to the whole thing of the um the uh the uh trap the uh, catch music song, um, you know it's like if you don't get the trophy, you know you cannot come home. But it's like how many people don't even leave home, and is leaving home and failing and not coming back with a trophy, that's still somewhat of a like of a success, given that the majority of people don't even leave home to even come home to even have an experience to even get a trophy you know yeah but you know all of that requires an uphill fight you know and like one of the things i can say for baltimore is we got some scrappers you know we got some people that can throw some hands Mm -hmm. you're the nurses (laughs) (laughs) i just you know my thing is i just wish they would take the fight to the right place you know like like, there's issues they have to overcome and ways they can help each other, you know, like, and it don't seem like a lot, but last time I checked, there was almost, what, two square miles of abandoned houses? Like, that could easily be turned into something profitable. The people mm-hmm. can turn that city into somewhere profitable, you know, but it's not the type of thing that they're encouraged to do, so... They don't think about it in that aspect. They don't think about it like we can save ourselves, you know, and to some degree, I, I kind of blame the black church for that. But that's a subject for a different time. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, you know, we, we get in this mindset of waiting for a miracle to happen, not realizing we still got two hands, two feet, and a heartbeat. And if you really wasn't doing nothing, you might as well, you know, go out and make something happen. You know, like, uh, there's, there's a spot over west, um, up in uh, Sandtown, this church, uh, they just set up shop and was, like, really going for it. You know, they, uh, they started rebuilding the community. You know, even the dealers around there respected what they were doing to the point where the dealers let them do their thing and just stayed out the way. Dealers started going to church. They started giving back to the community. They turned that place into somewhere. Like, they became a miracle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and you don't see that everywhere in the city. You know, like, you'll get, you'll get like, some big churches surrounded by slums, you know, or you'll get, like, a, a nice-sized church by a liquor store. You know, you'll get... A, a school that's underfunded, but you leave your children there. Like that's, you know, it's it's stuff like that. You know, where it's like these are small things that if people were to contribute, they could save themselves. You know, mm-hmm. how to how my homeboy put it: Rapunzel, let your hair down and save yourself. Like, mm-hmm. for, you know, and it's like, but I don't know. I guess you know we're taught to kind of want a magical answer out of things, but it's a it's a lot of hard work. You know, and we we got a lot of hard work ahead of us, you know, whatever path we take. But it's like you can choose to commit to a life of failure, which is short successes that are fleeting but continuously successful. Or you can commit to a life of success, which is long and annoying. But once you win, you won, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, in that long journey, it's riddled with little failures, you know, <laughs> But at the end of the day, you you know you uh, learn something. Like somebody says something, and I was gonna make a T-shirt out of it. Um, it said um, success, or um, no, what was it? It was um, it was uh, win or lose. And like what I was gonna do was like X out the lose and put learn. Like you win or learn, and you come back and you build upon that until you get to that that win. Like, you know, you have to, I guess people have to stop, one, fearing loss and looking at it as a learning experience to build upon and keep going. And, um, hello? Yeah, I'm here. I like it. I'm thinking, like, I was like, I would put win or, like, scratch out, uh, scratch out, lose and, like, win later. Because it's Mm. like, you got to keep going. You know what I mean? Like. I, I I know too many people who gave up, man, like, and it scares me, you know, because, like, it, anyone can do it, you know, anyone can give up. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, in this project, like, bro, I wanted to quit the whole time. You know, I, I didn't have the help I needed at one point. I was pretty Hold on. Oh, you're sure. breaking up. Your sound quality is uh, dropping a little bit. Uh, you got me okay. now? Yep, 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 got you now. Yeah, like, I hit a point where it was like, I just wasn't getting the help I needed, you know, and I wanted to quit, and I was just gonna quit, like, you know, forget this, you know, but I, I really mm-hmm. want to win, you know, like, <laughs> like I, I want it more than food, more than sleep, because I want to be able to not work when I'm 50, like, that's right. winning, you know, you know, and I don't think people, you know, see that the way they should. Mm. You know, like not working at fifty, like that's like straight from God, bro. <laughs> like <you gotta laughs> nothing. 
know, like, did you did, uh, pull the retro feature in, um, in Florida? Yes, I did. I recorded it at a studio called Real Feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a pretty good technician with me, this cat named um, Antoine Hart. Mm. You know, like me and him, his, his job was to, you know, take my production to like another level because he's got all types of weird plugins and, you know, he thinks like mm. a crazy person too. So we were able to really get some cool stuff jumping. Hmm. So, so let's say, so if, if you record a retro feature, or do you think um, it would have been a more darker feel to it um, production wise? Well, when you were like when the stuff I recorded in Baltimore, it has more of a, a Baltimore feel to it. Like it's got a what's a good way to word it? A, a little man in a big city feel. Mm. You no, know, because mm. like that—that's what I was there. I was—I was—I was like a little man in a big city, you know. Mm. And and that's cool, you know, for what it was, but you know. For in order for my music or in order for me to develop and grow into something that can get, you know, future me where I want future me to be, you know, it, it was best to do it here. You know, it was best mm. to learn that stuff here. Mm. So. So but what? I, um, what? Uh, what? Like, like, what's next on the horizon for you? Uh, I'm gonna push this project as hard as I can. You know. I, mm. And start getting into online promotion because that, that's really all I can do. Like the goal, like believe it or not, this isn't a lofty goal. It's like if I can sell a thousand, that's ten thousand dollars. You know, so then mm-hmm. after that, put it into doing the videos. Because again, this was all designed to be musicals. You know, so it's like you do one musical, flip it for that in a promotion for the musical. And then you go right back into sales. Like once you hit ten thousand, you can watch rinse repeat this thing for a while. Yeah. You know, especially when you're underground. You know, like people don't realize uh, Nelly's country grammar took three years to pop. Mm. Yeah. That's a lot of time saying the same words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he walks away with sixty million dollars, so you know. And I'm looking at it like this, like, it can be done. People have done it before, you know, so why not try? What are your um, favorite tracks from your project? I mean, I know, like, each one is, like, your baby, but, like, if you had to pick, like, one or two, which ones would those be? My favorite tracks on the project would be Retro Future, because mm-hmm. I'm it sounds like you're watching a Western in the future. Like I, I just thought that was really crazy. And I, I never heard anything like it, at least at the time. And, uh, space time, of course, cause space time is just, it's really different, but, uh, yeah. police state is hands down my favorite. Okay. Police. Yeah, state, a- it's, it's us. It's black America. Like right now, you know, but as a song, and it's like, how do you, you know, how do we make that? And then it's like, how do we convey it and make sure, you know, people were aware of that moment. And the only way to do it is like with music, you know, because that's how we keep records anyway. The thing about Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Mm-hmm. You know? and think My about, favorite about, artist of all time, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> you know, and think about how the songs, it still feels real, you know. Right. 
that's kind of what I was going for with Police State. It's like this whole thing where it's like, hopefully Police State is an obsolete song in a year, you know, but I'm, I, I, I'm not, you know, that believing in the system bouncing back in our favor. I mean, I don't know if you remember um, when you were here in December and we talked um, and you were, I think you rapped the song to me and I was like, yo, it's dope. And I let you hear something that, um, you know, was kind of similar and I was trying to get it together. I'm still kind of working on it. And it's funny because I had a sense of urgency about getting it out. Um, I sampled the joint from um, Hunger Games and you said to me, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I got to hurry up and get this out. And you were like, no, you don't, because it's not going to change. You can put this out any time and it's going to be relevant. And I was like, damn, that's real. And then, you know, fast forward a couple months later and it's like so many other things that make the song that I'm working on right now so more pertinent. And, you know, you say that, you know, you hope in a year to be obsolete, but um, I don't know. I don't even think you probably remember even saying that to me, but um, no, I remember I, I live by that, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't, you're not going to sprain your ankle and just suddenly not be able to rap, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you know the circumstances of that particular song, you know, have not only not changed, but more is coming to light about it. So it's like I might want to wait a little bit more to even you know, perfect it. <laughs> so, well, you got um, time, you know, like, yeah. I look at it like this, right? You know, like, people always worry with music that there's a window of opportunity. Like, you know, that you, like, you have to be an artist by, uh, what, 25 or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Two Chains didn't pop off till 36. Rick Ross didn't pop off till 34. Plies didn't pop off till 34. Mm-hmm. Like Trick Daddy had just got out of jail and he did like 15 years or something crazy like that. I mean, I, I might be wrong, but, you know, like uh, the point is, there's no time limit. Yeah, you know? so many examples. Like you look at Action Bronson, like 31, 32. You look at Jay Electronica. People didn't know his name till he was after 30. Like, you know, and that's one of the things that's, um, I'm like, wow, like, you know, they say it's a youth type of game. But traditionally in hip hop, when you look at one, the highest sellers, and then when you look at when people popped off, it's usually been the people who have the most longevity has been like after 27 ish. And that makes sense. And do you know why? Why is that? It's obvious, bruh. Because, again, remember what I was saying earlier? It's like people are looking to politicians for entertainment. They're looking to entertainers for the truth. You know, when you finally get to, once you've experienced a certain amount of, like, life things, you know, you have an entirely different message about you. You have entirely different thoughts to convey. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for example, you know, like, uh, trying to think, like, for example, like, you know, I'm sure a younger, let's say, uh, like a younger Cameron would have had an entirely different style than an older Cameron, you know, but after his beef with Mace, he was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do till Mace steps out of retirement. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and it worked, you know, listening to it, like even I was listening to him today, you know, and I was legitimately enjoying the music. Like when I first heard it, you don't get to do that with a lot of artists, you know, 
but it's something that comes with age, you know, because age, age brings practice. Mm-hmm. Practice brings strategy, understanding, confidence. You know, yeah. and these are all things that can take a product to the next level, you know, and it's like, why would you rush any of that? Yeah, that's true. That's why, like, a lot of um, child, I guess at least now, a lot of child prodigies kind of fizzle out after a while. Well, like, the problem um, with child prodigies is you're asking a kid to have adult-like pressure and sustain right. it, and that's, that's not cool. Yeah. And it can't end the way you want it to because it's still a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, and how many times do those kids usually just blow their brains out or wind up on drugs? Like, uh, it's a pretty good percentage. You know, like, people are better off just letting things take their natural course. You know, like, can you imagine somebody telling Van Gogh, yo, hurry up, man. We want that painting by Friday. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that that's one of the things I like about music. You know, music is, it's a very weird industry because... You're expected to give stuff away for free to get them to buy stuff from you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious in its own right. You know, like, can you imagine uh, somebody coming by, hey, you know, I heard you need a replacement roof. And you're like, well, all right, well, you put 40 nails in for free. And um, I'm going to let you know if we need the rest. (laughs) You know, it doesn't work. You know, it's not an interchangeable business practice. But here we are. You know, so it's like, that's why I'm like, whatever you're going to do, it's like, you know, take your time, you know, make sure it's something beautiful because I know that's what you're going for because you're, you're a smart cat and you're very talented, you know, and it's like, why rush any of that? Yeah. You know, make sure when that joint drop, that's it. Like, with songs like that where you wait, like like I said, I was sitting on Police State uh, for a year. And I was sitting there and I was mad I couldn't share it with people. But then I mm-hmm. thought about it. It's like, you can't share a cake that ain't been in the oven too long. They'll just get sick. It won't work. You know what I'm saying? And this is no yeah. different. You know, it's, it requires patience and pain and a lot of bitching. <laughs> you know, like. What are, um, what are some of the reactions that you've been getting recently, like so far, you know, since the project has dropped and everything or not? Well, you know, it's just officially dropped the other day but since you've been letting people hear it and everything i've been getting a lot of apologies mm. like that was that was different you know uh i'm getting apologies because you know i was telling people you know for like a year it's like you know i was working on this you know i was working really hard you know people kind of brushed me off you know mm. so then I, I show up with the joint like hey you know i finished it and, you know, like, somebody be like, well, you know, you should let me hear it. And I'm like, I-, I can't do that because I didn't make it for free. You know, like like I said, I put, like, $3,000 into it, which it's, it's not a lot. But when you don't have no money, $3,000 like, 100%. Yeah. You know I know what you mean. Trust me, I know what you mean. And it's crazy because, like, um... You know, before we did this, I went back and, um, you know, your joint uh, Before Heaven After Suicide is on uh, Spotify. So I went back and I listened, you know, I skimmed through it real quick. And um, some of the songs I remember hearing before and some of those records are dope, like um, the the Broke Boy Blues joint. Um, What else? The Heaven joint. um, 
didn't miss me that joint especially like that joint really hit me and it's crazy because like some of your older tracks it's like you know when you listen to some of the older stuff it's like you know why would you why would you um and i feel the same way about my music sometimes it's like when you look at what i did before why would you doubt me and then have to apologize now in the future but like you said about the hater thing like it's like the same type of thing but dog look at it like this right you know like i look at it like until you're successful you know you ever seen the movie pursuit of happiness oh it's my yeah it's one of my favorite movies okay i'm will smith in the bus station Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's how I look at it. It's like, you know, I'm at the point in my career, you know, as as a musician, as an artist, where it's like, I'm a nobody who's on, who's trying to come up, you know, and trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, and it requires meeting people and being places. And I'm okay with that. You know, like, if I didn't want to do this, I would do something else. You know, like right. there's people who be like, yeah, I want to rap. But then they'll be like, yep, I'm going to take this quick job at Wendy's. Now you ain't got no free time. So did you really want to work at Wendy's or did you want to rap? You yeah, know what I'm saying? It comes to fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Like people like, you know, just dealing with rap. I've been broke sleeping in a bus station waiting for the next bus to come like the next greyhound or whatever like you know people don't realize that that behind the scenes type of grind that you really have to go through for some of this stuff that you know you pull it off sometimes sometimes you pull it off sometimes you don't but at the end of the day it's like you know you put your all into this and nobody can take that from you and you know I feel like, you know, a win is a win on on any type of level. And to me, a win is just getting out of Baltimore. And if I got to do whatever to to um, get out of here, you know, stay in the bus station for a minute, <laughs> for a couple of hours, just so I can rap, you know, I'm going to do that. Or just so I can do an audition for like a movie or something like that. Like, well, you know, whatever I can do to get out of that that shit and inspire other people and it becomes Mm -hmm. a point where other people are inspired by you so now you feel committed to these other people and so now it's like damn like i'm giving other people inspiration to do certain things to where like you know there's a point where my mother was like um you know i inspire her to write her book because you know i just go and have on a bus and go anywhere and do a show and it's like, damn, like, I can't let people down, you know? No, you can totally let them down because your expectations have to be expectations that are realistic and expectations and, from yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, but on yeah. the other end of that, this is the responsibility that's ahead for each of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we may not realize it, but like, we're at a point in our history where our musicians are about, our musicians, our artists are about to, we're about to all be in the age groups where we become black leadership. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and like, I've been thinking about this for a while, you know, like the think of the conversation that we're having now, bro, we are rappers. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a deep conversation for rappers. You know, like this is a deep conversation for regular people, you know, but rappers, you know, America's went out of the way to, you know, delegitimize this as an art form. 
So that way it can be portrayed as, you know, just something for young people or just something for wild niggas. But it's like we're talking about some serious truths and motivations and things that most people aren't even willing to share. You know what I mean? Because they're afraid of how it'll be taken. But, you know, we're coming from a position where it's like, well, when we didn't have someone going, yo, you need to do this. We got to make sure that doesn't happen for somebody else musically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I think about like, you know, how people were like, you know, like I'm not a fan of KRS-One, but uh, I'm a fan of what he did. You know, I'm a fan of how, you know, people banded together behind what he was, behind what he was doing because he uh-huh. was very real to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, and that's what we're becoming. You know, we're becoming real to ourselves and that's the only way we can be real to anyone else, you know, afterwards. You know, but yeah. that's a big step. You know, like when you was like, you know, you afraid to let them down. You know, that's, bro, that's that's deep. You know, like a lot of artists don't realize that. Like, I'm not afraid to let people down. What I'm afraid of is I'm gonna, you know, I'm afraid that I would actually fail myself to a point where I quit, and then I look mm-hmm. around and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this job at Applebee's because. This is my step forward. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's like where I completely quit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and, and you can't That's completely quit. Good. Yeah, it, 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 and, and like it's set up for, you, for like like for it to be so easy to do. So like you know, with this podcast, like you know, we were just like, you know, we have these conversations all the time. So why not just record them and put them out and see what happens? And then, oh, why not just talk to interesting people who have the same type of mind state and just see what happens. So if something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But let's just get the ideas out there and see if we can make something happen of it. You know, so the truth to that is, it's like, you know, like all humans have two basic things. You know, humans want to be loved. They want to be recognized. You know what I mean? You know, and part of that love and that recognition is uh, hopefully recognition is a word. Hopefully, I don't sound crazy. Um, you know, it's a word now. It's <laughs> just going to have to be <laughs> hashtag recognition. But uh, you know, part of that is finding out that you're not alone. You know what I mean? Like we're having this conversation now, but I'm sure there are thousands of other conversations in simultaneity. You know, that mm-hmm. happens, you know, totally is a word in your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nah, it's like, you know, there's thousands of conversations like this. You know, there are people with legitimate similar concerns, you know, they want to give up. And it's like, and I would I'd tell any of them, you know, if they tune in, it's like, don't quit. Because if you quit, then the assholes who told you to quit were right. And you deserve to be able to dance on their graves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you deserve that. You know, like, I had to explain it to somebody. It was like, you know, the reason I wanted to start going to the gym, the reason I want to start doing more is because I feel I deserve to outlive my opponents and not just outlive them, but thrive. You know, like, for the people who told me that I can't do something, it's not only necessary for me to do it, but I have to make sure that when I do it, it's also an inconvenience to them. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because that's that's what they had set up for me. You know, like, Someone who's not like directly contributing to what you're doing, but is sitting around watching you flounder, bruh, that, that's harsh. You know what I'm saying? Like I know people who be like, you know, 
like say for example like especially like in baltimore you know you have one dude show up to the show with like 15 20 dudes you know yeah and then you have somebody else show up to the show with three and a person with three a hate on the dude with 15 but the truth is the dude with three had he known 15 people who actually you know cared as much as they say they cared versus you know caring only at words no, he'd be a little further. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, yeah. You know, how That's do you the one get thing, them? like, 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 when you look at scenes in different cities and how they work. Like, I remember, you know, when I first went to Howard University, and I used to perform at this hood ass spot called the Allen Cafe. It's it's out of business now, but it was off of Georgia and Upshur, and like, you know, people in Howard have a. I mean, uh, uh, people in D.C in general have a certain distaste to people from Howard because they feel that, you know, uppity and all of that type of stuff coming into the, you know, the city and not giving back and all this sort of stuff. But I used to go out there and it was, um, DJ sexy spice and she looks like a pit bull, but her name was sexy spice. And she would say, come into the stage from Howard, like, 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 you know, a lot of times when they bring you out, they say where you're coming from. So they say you're from Baltimore, you're from D.C., you're from New York, you're from whatever. And so they would be like, you know, coming from Howard University. They say, I'm coming from Howard University. So all the D.C. dudes would sit down. But then I would start rapping. Then one would get up. Then another would get up. And then tell other people to get up and, you know, show me support and love to where, you know, I kept coming back and I kept getting love. And... That's not the type of thing that I experience here at home, which is kind of crazy. It's like, you know, you're com- like, you know, I was in there as like an alien, as like an intruder into their territory. But all it took is one um, person who was, I guess, a leader in a social structure to be like, all right, come on, we messing with this dude right here. And then people would come and they would show me love and everything like that. And um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent right now, but, um, you know, that's the type of thing that that kind of fueled me to do it is that, you know, um, you know, you're going to get up there, you're going to fail, you're going to bomb sometimes, but sometimes it's going to be that one person that's like, yo, this dude is dope, pay attention to him and everybody's going to start paying attention. And that's just how things start to grow, you know? First time I uh, went to Virginia, like, uh, I used to roll into Virginia every week. Okay. What part? Uh, Franconia. Okay, yeah, 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 Franconia, Springfield, all that, yeah. Because, you know, they got a lot of shows up there, and people don't know, you know, in Baltimore, cats don't know about it because they don't drive, you know? Yeah. But, but uh, I go up there, you know, and, like, the first time I went, you know, I bombed. Mm-hmm. And I bombed because I went specifically as... How do I describe this to y'all? I went on a recon mission. You know, like me and my homeboys, we was like, you know, I was like, well, we're not going to beat somebody in Virginia at making music that's dope to people in Virginia. We can only beat them at being ourselves. You know, and they were like, you know, that's stupid. But as more time went by, they saw where I was going with that, you know, and we got their respect because we were doing, bro, like the music we were doing was it was so drastically different from what they were doing. And, you know, it wasn't like contrasting or negative, you know, but we figured out their format. You no, know, I studied them, you know, because I don't like losing. Like, 
So I, I studied the people, you know, that I was around. I was like, all right, well, this is what they want. This is the type of music they like. You know, let's see if we can do this. And it was crazy. Like, my greatest show, like, like my most favorite show that I ever did was in Virginia. Like, in Northern Virginia, like, near Dallas Airport. I forget the name of, like, the... I, damn, I can't Vienna. remember the name of the spot. Yeah. Oh, was, how was it, Vienna? That, that's right, you were there. Yeah. yeah. That's right, you were there. And, like... It was crazy because it just happened up on MySpace, and I was like, you know, I was going out there to perform for free, and you know, I brought my peoples from both. Like that's one thing I like to do is um, I like to bring people out who have never been out of the city. So I like to bring them out to places that that, that they've never been, even if they have uh, charges and not supposed to be out of the city or whatever probation. Fuck it, we all going. So we packed the car up, we went out there. Who was it? It was me, you, um, Adib, Devin, and was Austin uh, out there? Oh, Ricky. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Ricky. It wasn't Devin. That's right. No, no, Devin was there. He's in the pictures. He was? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, it was Devin. So okay. we went out there, and, like, just the love that they show. I performed this record called B-Town. And it's a straight Baltimore club record with me rapping on it. And they just showed so much love. Like more love than I ever would have gotten in Baltimore. To the point where I could bring one of my homeboys up who raps. Who didn't have any type of experience with that. To where I'm like, yo, let me bring my man up. And he spit an acapella. And he, and he got mad love. And it's like crazy. Like how you can't get that here. Like that was a crazy experience. I and mean, my cousin can attest to that. You remember that day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, do, but do you think the, the demographics of it though. Of that crowd. Explains I mean, a lot. The, yeah, I mean, the crowd was all white people. I mean, we yeah. can count. I think there were three black people other than... No, matter of fact, it was one. And it's crazy because one of... Like, the only black person there ended up um, adding me on Facebook. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was in the corner. It's funny because you can see her in the pictures. But, like, yeah, she was in, like, little corner or whatever. But, like, that was... That was a fun time. But that was some shit... Like you've been to like you know my cousin you know, like like you've been to all them shows at in like in Baltimore and there was never an experience like that ever. Yeah, like, no. like you just don't get that here. And I don't know. Um, did I bring you out to um uh, New York that time? Um no the no 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 the only time I've been in New York with you was when was when uh you went with me technically. Okay okay uh, okay I brought you to Philly. And you saw yeah, yeah, like oh yeah, Philly freeway, yeah, 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 yeah. That situation was kind of cool, and then I performed in Philly a couple other times. But like when you perform out of state, like that's when you get the most love. But you know why? Why is that? The Krypton effect, bruh. <laughs> when you home, you know about you Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, as soon yeah. Soon as you leave, you Superman. You immediately have an exotic element to you because you're not mm -hmm. from there. You came all the way here. It's got to be important, whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And that's how that translates. And that's how it should translate, you know? Yeah. It's just trying to get that to translate when you're home. You know, that's hard. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, you know, there's a mindset to naturally fight you because they know you because you're familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know so it's like and you'll be sitting there like well you know this is what i do you know like one of the things i thought was crazy when you in baltimore and you know you like yeah you know i rep baltimore hard it's like dog we're here already <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it, it never portrayed the right image you know for what they were going for you know but like i know like i'll be here and I'm like, yeah, I'm from Baltimore, and I rap Baltimore hard. You know, it it's a whole different meaning. You know, because yeah. it's like I'm here by myself. Like it's like, and any any problems that come with that, that comes to me and me alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I never understood is um, when you're in the city, how people rock Orioles and Ravens gear, and they rap Baltimore so hard. I'm just like, yo, you're already here. Like, why do you have to do, like, do that shit somewhere else? Like, when, like, like, I'm not going to rock a Ravens fitted or hat or a shirt or whatever unless I'm out of town. I mean, well, I mean, well, look at, look at New Yorkers. They do the same thing. But there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, and that's one of the other things. Like, we can't bring ourselves to a mindset where we have a problem with that. You know, they, we should be happy that they can at least hold on to something. You know, what yeah, we need to yeah. do is figure out how to make the something they hold on to us. But, you know, like the interesting thing about, um, you know, we're talking about leaving, um, leaving our, our respective cities and states or whatever like that. And, you know, as you know, recently, um, I remember I was I was um, watching one of those Sprite documentaries and um, and Drake was uh, one, of, one of the featured people on it. And one of his main things was um, his goal in life was to show that you didn't have to you didn't have to move city to become known. So I thought that was interesting, but I don't know. I guess I guess with him, it's a, it's a bit different. There's a it, his shit wasn't really all that organic for real. Well, he totally moved though. Like if I'm yeah. not mistaken, like I, and there's nothing wrong with moving. Like yeah. it's a working formula. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, for example, you know, uh, Albert Einstein could have just been some dude if he had only went to a local college. Mm -hmm. He left. He learned some things. came back. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but that's why, you know, that's why that song means what it does to me. You know, it's like if you don't win the trophy, you can't come home, you know, because it's like if I don't figure out what I need to to save my city, you know, I can't come back because I've done no one a service. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I mean that's like that's as that's as real as it can get, you know, from some rapper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we don't look at it like that all the time, but that's one of the very true things about it is that's us. Like, if we aren't doing something towards, you know, bettering the place we're from, you know, ultimately we're hurting it just the same. You know, like I, I don't mind somebody wearing a hat. You know, my thing is. When the artists are like, you know, when the artist is like, you know, I'm rapping Baltimore, you know, all day, blah, 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 you know, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like, but what are you rapping in Baltimore? Like, are you helping the people? Are you harming the people? Are you part of what's wrong? Are you working on a solution? You know, like, yeah, because repping is a very generic term, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you talk about something as big as a city, you know, and so see, the thing is, like. Um, what's his name? Michael Phelps. I kind of relate to him in a way because um, I believe, and I believe it was him, you know, um, I don't have my uh, sources out and my quotes and everything. So, um, you know, don't, don't 
you know, kill me if I don't cite my sources correctly, but I believe it was him. And, you know, he was saying with rapping Baltimore, um, it might have been somebody else, but basically, you know, a lot of people rep certain aspects of it, but they don't rep the other aspects of it. So, like me, um, you know, coming from that whole, uh, I guess, you know, I went to private school and everything like that. So, it's like people will rep a certain part of it, but then there's the whole Jewish part of it. There's a whole Jewish Park Heights, Jewtown or whatever. There's a whole Green Spring Valley area, you know, going into Baltimore County. Like, there's, there's so much of a diverse type of thing and a whole art type of structure where I think, you know, the indie rock scene might embrace it, but the hip-hop scene might not necessarily, which is understandable, but at the same time, you can't paint everything as... Um, one picture, which is what, you know, when I did my song B-Town, I tried to, um, illustrate that, um, and, you know, I think you do it as well with, um, your music, because it's not traditionally Baltimore, but you're still talking about the same issues and everything like that, but it's not just straight, like, you can't, you can't point a finger on it, it's more universal, you know, like, like a lot of different types of people can kind of get into it. So That's like, good. I mean, like, you know, but, you know, like, and one of the things with, you know, doing stuff like that, you know, artists don't seem to realize, you know, the problem with like, you know, a city like Baltimore, we have, we have a lot of interesting issues with us, you know, like, uh, one of the things I always thought was cool, we have the whole here be dragons mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got people who won't even go to Arundel Mills because too far. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you said in one of your songs. Um, matter I think it was Baltimore. Was it Baltimore City Catch Music? Where you were like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm from Catch Music. West, you from, yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, you from South Baltimore? Oh, it's too far. Like, <laughs> like what? It's just too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like I'm from there. You know, <laughs> like for real. You know what I mean? Like, I I remember what it was like when you would meet a young lady and be like, man. It's not worth the forty-five minute drive. Like she could be the one, but that's forty-five minutes. Yeah. Like, and then you be like, and I gotta go to Pigtown. Can't do it. But like, you look at um, you know, I always look at New York as an example. Like, you might be in Queens, and like, you might meet a chick from Harlem, and that's like a, I think you know, that's like an hour and forty-five minutes on the train to get out there. Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, like, look at all the stuff you can do on the way. You can grab an exotic food. You might see somebody pee on the train. And here, all you see <laughs> is some fiends. It's like walking dead. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's discouraging, you know. And, I, again, like, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say any of this to bad mouth Baltimore. Like, Baltimore, yeah, 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 yeah. that's my home, you know. But on the other end of that, you know, we haven't always played this out wisely, you know, with the city and, you know, using the city wisely you know like especially you know yeah, for the artists available here like 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 so many resources like i mean we have like like a lot of people don't realize about baltimore we have like like this is the um the the uh, perfect college town like we have the most colleges here like more than the majority of cities we have mica like the maryland institute college of art like there's so many things that are going on here that and there's so many um, different types of art that are, like, um, I guess, cr 
crossbreeding and, you know, having an intersection to where it might be the generation after this generation that's happening now that might take full advantage of it. But it's like we can kind of be the start of it. But um, it's just like like it's just crazy. And like I think people are getting out of that frame of you have to just do one thing. So like, you know, when you were talking about um. And that's another thing I want to talk about is uh, you're writing uh, screenplays and things like that. And I wanted you to talk about that a little bit more. Oh, well, screenplay, uh, a song, if properly constructed, is even a, a stupid song or a song that people would be like, oh, well, you know, that song was, you know, deprecating or whatever. Either way, those songs still tell a story. Like, it's storytelling. It's basic storytelling. You know, and uh, screenplay stuff is... Basically, writing a screenplay is the same process, but instead of three minutes, you have to make it 60 to 110 pages, mm-hmm. you know, with a solid beginning, middle, and end, and you're going to do about somewhere between 1 to 28 drafts. Mm. And no, mm, because when it's all <laughs> said and done, nah, if realistically, like, I look at it like this. It's the same thing. That, the only I mean, thing it's the same process as a song. No, nah, it's not that. It's like if, if the only thing stopping you from making a hundred thousand dollars is twenty four drafts, you you're not going to do it. Like, cause I would. Like, I mean, like, like I again, like you know, I look at the numbers. You know, like it, you got a lot of cats out there who they, you know, people be like they want to do, you know, they want to be this or that, but they don't want to actually do the work to do it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. And you know that, and I know that. Like, as artists, you know, like, the more you try and make yourself, like, into a legit career, the more you appreciate people in the industry having legit careers because you realize how much went into it. You know, like, when I was, uh, like, I'll be real about it. Like, when Future first came out, I didn't get them. I didn't mm-hmm. get it. And you know why? Because I didn't get how it was put together. I didn't get why it was put together. I didn't get production. I didn't understand it, you know. And because of, you know, where I'm from and you know how I was taught to believe, I was comfortable hating on them and didn't realize I was hating on them. You know, I'm yeah, you know, yeah. saying all this stuff like, you know, like, well, you know, he a bum, he whack, yada, yada, yada. I can't say that. You know, like Dirty Sprite 2 was awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's not even something that's like, that's not even like my style. You know, but in terms you have to appreciate of, people and like the things that they do and it was like with like like what they bring to the game and everything like that, like you know, and that's the same way that he's able to do certain things. Oh yeah, definitely. One of the things I'm thinking, like, can we talk about this? Uh, how do I word this? Um, conscious black people who do music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because one of the issues I've been having with that, too, is like, you know, conscious music. And I, I want to put that in quotes, you know, because you'll hear someone like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm conscious. You know, I'm trying to give back to the community. And the first thing they say out of their mouth is something like overly sexually vulgar. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of conscious artists out there right now who are just as gross as anyone else. Only difference is they beat saying it's hot. And that's really where the problem is. <laughs> I know? mean, like, he, like, like bringing it back to most Def, he said on the song, the questions with uh, common sense, he was like, you know, just because I'm conscious. Well, no, he's saying just because I'm intellectual, does that mean I don't have to be sexual? 
Yeah, yeah but like, you know, like you listen to a lot of these uh, folks now who be like, yeah, you know, I'm all about black power, and then immediately the first thing they start talking about is either their penis or their vagina, and it's like, mm-hmm. damn, bro, we didn't even get ten seconds of black power out of that. We got <laughs> like, you know, and I think that's crazy. You know, it's like, like I always wanted to make, you know, I always wanted to make music because I'm always thinking like, like you brought up before having had the suicide earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I wrote that is because I wanted to kill myself, like, during the time that, like, I wrote that. Like, mm-hmm. it was actually a big suicide note. Like, you know, and, you know, fortunately, my niece was born, and, you know, my life kind of changed from there. But, uh, you know, prior to that, you know, I was real bummed out. So, I wrote it as a way to take the power out of how I was feeling. So, hopefully, somebody else going through that could take the power out of it on their own. You know, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, what, what were you bummed out about? Oh, it was a whole bunch of nonsense that probably wasn't even real issues. You know, when you're young, everything's bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. You know, but like at this point in my life, looking back, it's like, man, those problems were nothing. You know, it's a real problem trying to figure out how to get the ten thousand dollars from like nine hundred dollars. That's a real right. problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Back it's then. not even a problem. Like, 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 it's not even a problem. It's a game, and when you look at it as a game, that's when you're like, okay, how can I win? <laughs> Word or, try, or trying to mix an album <laughs> to seven point one round sound. Yeah, with, yeah, like with headphones. With headphones. With headphones. Oh, with then, headphones. What Shit. wound up happening was, uh, I would, uh, I would mix it in like my uh, fiance's car, and. Because, you know, she has, like, an auxiliary port. Then I would go take it to someone else's car, mix it in that car. The exact same song, mind you. Then I would go take it to a studio and mix it bigger. You know, so it's like... This is why I mess with you, because, like, I remember those times mixing a record. And, you know, just dealing with blank CDs. I used to buy packs of blank CDs. I would mix it in my headphones. I would... Be like, okay, it sounds good on the iPod. It sounds good on the um, on the MacBook speakers. Okay, let me burn it. Let me take it to the car. Listen to it. You go to the car. You listen to it. You take your little notes. Like, okay, I need to cut this frequency. I need to do this, that. Bring it back and just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to the car because that's like the car is like the ultimate, you know, like studio setting that you can get when you don't have any bread. <laughs> You know what's crazy about all that, though? I wound up, like, cheating the system dumb hard, though. Because uh, I'm sitting there, you know, I've been working on all of this for, like, 12 months. I was like, I am so tired of hearing this. I was like, how can I make this a quick process? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was uh, I was online, you know, on YouTube, you know, rather than looking at bum fights. I was like, let's see if I can make this educational. Right. You know, and... uh. I, I hit a, a a video and this dude was like, no, nah, it's really just like four frequencies. If you take Madi songs, it'll make mixing a lot easier for you. He was like, anything that's not bass, you take everything uh, 100 hertz and below out of it. He's like, anything yeah. that's, you know, any vocals. Takes 2K. Nah, you don't take the 2K out the vocal. You take the 2K out the instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way the vocal yeah. still stays, you know, crispy. You know, and yeah. it's like, and it's the type of thing where you would never even know that because it's like nobody's talking about that. Like you don't hear rappers mm-hmm. like, uh, turn the 2K down. Like it never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, 
but but these things are like you know I wouldn't say they're like industry secrets, but it's just you know it's stuff. It's science. Books. It yeah. quite it's 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 science and art like back to back, you know, yeah. and people don't give that the due respect, you know, like again, it's like now, you know, working on this as hard as I do, I understand, you know, why art like I would be mad if someone like you know bootleg my stuff because like that's a lot of work. Yeah, and I appreciate you, you know, sending the link and everything. You know, I pre-ordered it, and you know, I got the joint officially. <laughs> but um, man, shoot, yeah. I was gonna, I sent you the link because uh, I wanted you to have a copy because I considered you one of the people that I was working on it with. You know, and I don't like charging people I worked with because I think that's silly. You know what I'm saying? Like how? Because I like when we were sitting there, you know, in December when I was running the songs by you, you know, and I was like, yeah. just like the idea I got for it, you know, like. Those songs weren't set in stone yet. You know, I was looking at the reactions of the people in the room. It was like, cool. So if they heard this, this would be hot. All right, cool. We can do this song. You know, because I had three versions of each of those songs. Like, you know, some are like, I would always hit people with the one that's the most outlandish first and mm-hmm. see how they respond. And if they thought the joint was dope, then that's the one they get. You know, it's like, then I go for the one that seems more club or more, you know, pop or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, if someone's like, dog, you want something, it's like, well, listen to them. Because people not going to actually tell you when you're on to something usually. So usually when someone says it, like, it's big. You know what I'm saying? Like, because everybody's got their own stuff going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate it. Now, I'm, go- I'm going to use that $10 for lunch. I appreciate it. I mean, that, I mean, I, I mean, that's a whole nother, you know, topic. But, you know, I'd rather put, like, like the only music you know, the only music I buy is from people who I have been able to have a conversation. Not the only music, but, you know, people that I feel like I um, kind of know in a sense. You know, we haven't had, like, a lot of conversations, but, you know, I know where you're coming from and everything like that. And I know where you're from because, you know, I'm from there, too. And it's like, you know, a lot of the things that you say in your music I can relate to. And a lot of the things that you um, that you espouse, you know, are, you know, very similar so I'm like, okay, you know, I can put my money behind this and I know it's going to um, go to something. And at the very least, you know, it'll add to something to get you up on some chart somewhere, you know. Oh, definitely. I appreciate it. Look, I look at it like this. Anyone who's willing to help you get out of your current situation is actually yeah. a friend of yours. You know, like, I feel like, you know, one of the issues, especially like with rappers, you know, like they start off with, you know, a click or whatever, you know, but not everybody, in it, like everybody in the click, they you know, everybody still has their own goals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but what people need to find is they need to find a space where those things overlap and still lead to something beautiful. That's hard to do, but when it's you not can that find hard. That, it's not that hard. Right. It's you just, think so? I know so. Yeah. You know, like, uh, me and my homeboys, we managed to do it in Japan and we wasn't even trying. Like, we did it on accident. Mm. You know, and, uh, what happened was, uh, like, that's actually a weird story. Like, I was obsessed with this uh, little Puerto Rican girl. And I started getting all in my feelings. Like, I was draking and driving before that was a thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, one day, uh, like, my homeboy, like, I was going through it. My homeboy, like, my best friend out there, he was deployed to Iraq. I was at, you know, I wound up hanging out with the dude that lived down the hall from uh, the Puerto Rican girl. And he was like, yeah, you know, I rap. And I was like, all right, whatever. But then he spit something and it was good, you know. And 
you know, she had actually introduced me to a cat like four months prior to that. And he uh-huh. was like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just put together some stuff. I was like, well, you know what? I got a mic and I can write real fast. He was like, let's see what happens. We sat in my room for a straight 24-hour period. And I'm not lying to you when I say we walked out with 21 songs in 24 hours. Mm. And we pushed them. And we had shows and was selling shirts. We had a, we was doing party bus venues. Like, we was... We was going for it, you know, and it wasn't because we was trying to be rappers or we was trying to be glamorous enough and we were just really bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like people don't realize how bored they are. <laughs> yeah, you know, I say all the time and, you know, um, I saw something recently um, or, you know, relatively recently, a study and basically um, all of the free time that modern technology has afforded us. Um, we spend that free time watching the television, and it's like, damn! Like, if we could put that 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 extra free time into something that was more productive, then we could do something. But it's those people that do that that are the ones that end up making something. You know, like, you know, when I when I go to work for eight hours and I come home, like, you know. I'm working on podcasts, I'm working on music, I'm working on my rap stuff, I'm working on my club stuff, I'm working on this podcast, I'm working on, like, like, just to be working towards something is uh, definitely something that's valuable that a lot of people don't, don't, don't get, and when you can find those types of people that are around you, that's definitely a good thing, but as, uh, at least in my experience, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily been difficult, but you know, um, you have your bumps along the way with dealing with certain people. Well, one of the hardest things in life is, you know, like finding out who you need to know and who you don't need to know. You know, we don't look at life like that, you know, but we should. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I look at my life like I have a series of questions that I need answered, but I don't know the people who can answer them yet. Mm. You know, because it's like a like, I would love to, you know, know how to and have access to make, like, the Kanye West music structure work. I would love to have access to that. I don't. You know, it's like, but I'm sure, like, if I spend enough time working, I'll eventually be able to ask. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, and I feel like people don't think about stuff like that. It's like, you know, like, who you know now that could answer something you need to know to be the you you want to be in five years. And if the yeah. answer is you don't know that person, that means you need to start looking. You know what I'm saying? So That's what like, I think, too. Like, we don't seek out mentors. We don't seek out mentors because, historically speaking, we ain't have leadership. Like, right. we're just now getting to a point where we're starting to, like, be about something. Like, we're about something now. You know, like... Think about it. We had a whole, what, three generations that was almost fatherless. Right. And now, for the, like, we have generations now, finally, where we have single dads that's almost neck and neck with single moms that are both active in the children's lives. You know what I mean? So it's like the family hasn't stabilized, but the guidance is trying to come back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we're, we're getting a rare opportunity you know, to put a Band-Aid on this thing and be something in, like, 20, 30 years. You know, so we can't just squander it. Right. So it's like, you know, if we were smart, you know, we would use that. 
you know. And the reason we didn't have mentors is because we just didn't have mentors. Like, they weren't there. You know, I was fortunate enough, like, when I was leaving uh, Japan, like, I was working on this thing called, I was working on a project called Brace Day. Mm-hmm. It was, like, me celebrating my freedom from the military, you know. And uh, I happened to get a mentor, you know, like, in the last, I'd say, six days I was there. And the one thing he says to me, he was like, you know, I wish I'd had more time with you. He was like, because had we been working together, he was like, you'd be at the next level already. And he was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't help. You know, and I'm like, dog, it's okay. Because when he met me, I knew he didn't like me. Like, he, he didn't even have to tell me. And, you know, he eventually told me. And I was like, I know. You know, I, yeah. you know and I was okay with that. You know, because it's like, you know, I'm okay with not being liked, but what I'm not okay with is being the same me in 10 years. Like, like when, you know, I look at like, you know, black men, you know, this is something I don't think our music encourages, but I think it's something that our music properly documents. You know, we spend about five years at the exact same age. I want to say like, 18 to 23 like we still just making 18 year old mistakes you know yeah i mean i think a lot of that has to do with you know biology like you know they say your frontal lobe doesn't your frontal lobe that's um like in your brain that's responsible for decision making doesn't completely form until you're like 24 years old 24 25 something like that so it's like you're going to make certain decisions and things that you wouldn't make um, as a 30 year old as you would as you're a 20 year old and um, uh, you know unfortunately our society doesn't allow at least especially you know with black people it doesn't allow for those types of mistakes to happen so it's like um, you might not even be developed yet and you're still trying to find yourself but you're dealing with a society and it, you're dealing with a situation that doesn't allow you to do that and you know, if you're lucky enough, you're able to seek out opportunities to um, develop yourself, but not everybody has that. That is very much true. And, you know, one of the things that's weird about that is not everybody does have it, but there's enough of us that have it that should do something with it, but still don't. You know, yeah. like, I didn't realize, like, you want to know it's crazy? Like, people have been telling me I'm smart my whole life. You know, that puts me at a disadvantage. Mm. Because I'll never feel I have to do research. I'll assume a lot more. It actually makes me more risky. Whereas someone who was told they were stupid but wasn't willing to accept that as truth could go on to be whatever they want, even stupid. You know, like... Like, I mean, that's the whole thing with ignorance is bliss. Like, you know, if you don't know anything, you're happy with the little bit that you get. But once you start to realize and know certain things, it's like, oh, man. Like, with my experience, people have been telling me I'm smart. I'm a, like, 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 you know, I'm smart my whole life. I'm like, you know, you don't know what smart is. Like, you know, I'm nothing compared to some of the things that I've delved into. So if you think that I'm smart, you know, it's just like, come on, like, and it goes back to, um, 
I don't know, like, like, like with me, you know, I've, I, you know, I've kind of grown up in hip hop, and hip hop has always been my thing, and it's just like um, going back to the knowledge of certain things of how to advance yourself. You know, to me, it's like, you know, the same type of things that you would do to advance yourself in hip hop is the same type of things that you would do to advance yourself in life. So to go out and experience new things, like to take your art somewhere else is the same thing to take your life somewhere else and develop it and grow it to where, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily have that or see that. But I agree. Um, that's just the way, that's just the way, um, and I hate to say that's just the way things are, but for some people, that's what makes them happy. And, you know, it's like, as a, like, as a smart person, like how you ask the question, you know, do I deserve to be happy? And it's like, you look at, like, at least with me, I look at so many people and they appear to be so happy sometimes. Some of them I know they aren't necessarily happy, but I know some people that are really, really happy. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to be them. Well, happiness is defined differently for different people, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know for me personally, like, I, I, I won't be happy till I know someone I, I love doesn't have to borrow money. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, I'm not saying, like, they need to be millionaires, but I need to know, like, people I love are all right, you know, like, because then I can sleep at night, you know, like, I don't like having to talk to God and always having to ask for stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, like I said, I want to have a more active role in my life and the lives around me, you know? So it's like, mm. and this is the only thing I'm good at. So this is the only way I can give to them. You know? We, like, uh, I mean, uh, like, like when you say this is the only thing you're good at, what is this? Making things. Mm. Like, you know, like a... There's some people who are natural uh, shelf builders. There's some people who are natural fitness trainers. There's some people who are natural motivational speakers. I'm, I naturally just make stuff. Like, even right now, like, while we've been doing this interview, I've been making a comic book cover for uh, the pitch for the show that was supposed to be, you know, pitching to this tv company in like a couple weeks you know mm. i've been sitting here because it's like and this conversation's inspired me like i'm making a black superhero because we need it yeah not even because i don't i'm not even sure i would watch it i like but we need it yeah i mean speaking of black superheroes this is going off on a tangent let me look through my notebook i've been like what's crazy is you know the more i've been writing things down like i've been keeping like like, I'm very bad at keeping a journal, but I've been writing things down. And since I've started writing things down, I've, like, noticed my life improving. And um, there's some Nigerian superhero or something like that. Like, like, like they're starting to make, like, comic book-type superheroes and stuff. And I've been trying to, like, really get into that. And that's just, like, a real tangent. But, it, like, what you just said just reminded me of that. But, um... Trying to flip through my book and find the name of it. Um, well, we know Hancock didn't work. <laughs> hold on, hold on now. Hancock was a solid movie, you know. Like, I mean, but you yeah, have to I mean, look at the nuances to storytelling. You know, like a, a like a lot of it would have been weird, but you know, you got to think of the mindset of 
something that doesn't belong somewhere and then its own hero's journey, you know. Now, I mean, well, listen enough to franchise, no, but it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was a good movie, the story cool and made a lot of money, but it really didn't pop off the way a lot of, um, I, I guess, um, certain people in the black community thought it would. I mean, Meteor Man was always my superhero. <laughs> He's too niggerish, man. <laughs> no, he wasn't. That was actually what made him great. There was nothing niggerish about him. Like, he was just like, he was like, I'm a black person who wants to fix stuff. And we need more of those. Like, we just straight up do. You know, there's no other way to put it. You know, and it's like, we need a new Robert Townsend, you know, because he hasn't been active. You know, I, I would love to see that come out of Baltimore, especially, you know, since, you know, like Baltimore's still an international hub. You know, it's just when you're native to there, you don't have the tools to thrive there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and like, you know, it's the same thing, like, a lot of people from Baltimore have never been to the Walters. And it's like, you know, just being in D.C. a lot, you know, a lot of people who've been in D.C. have never been to the Smithsonian. And then, you know, growing, you know, growing up and going to New York, you know, every summer, you know, being in Queens, you know, if you're in Queens, it's very rare that you might go to Manhattan and, you know, see, you know, certain like like see certain type of things. So it's like, you know, when you're from somewhere, sometimes you don't appreciate the things that, you know, the place that you're from affords you because you're just there and it's just regular or it might not necessarily um, coincide with your regular day-to-day life. But if you want your regular day-to-day life to be different, then you have to go and do things that are different than your regular day-to-day life. Definitely. I'm but trying to look for this. That's one of the things that I think is cool, though. You know, it's like we, we're a group of people who, like, uh, and this isn't, you know, Baltimore folks. This is just black folks in general. Like, we're a group of people who are brave and scared at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like the problem is we just don't know when to be which. You know, like, being brave, you know, in the face of a small problem means nothing, but being facing a, being brave in the face of a big problem, you know, that changes things. That changes everything. You know, like, yeah. a, I'll give you an example. You know, uh, like Kanye West, you know, he had just got evicted. He didn't even know he was evicted. Like, he was literally in his apartment so long making beats that you know, he was basically like living off of just food he had already had in there if he was eating, because we all know how beat making gets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was just sitting in there, you know, and his mother was like, well, you know, we're going to scrape up something and I'm going to just move you to New York. You know? And he had, you know, that was his chance. You know, that was his Krypton. You know, that was his chance to get off of there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but had he looked at that problem and been like, nah, you know what? I'm going to just continue working at the gap. Literally all black music at this point, you know, would sound completely different. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so it's like, how do we, you know, we have to have this bravery, like, when something's failing to not quit just because it's failing at that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. That's one of my favorite, my favorite Kanye album is Jesus, <laughs> to be honest. Um, 
like that was my album of last year 2014 I think that's when they came out but just the sound was different for hip hop it wasn't different for like the world but it was different for hip hop and I was appreciative of what he brought to um other type of sounds and made it his own and everything like that and um I remember, you know, from College Dropout, I remember I had the bootleg in 2004, and that was a soundtrack to various experiences that I had. And then going to Jesus, you know, 10 years later, well, wow, that was 10 years later, damn, I'm old. Um, <laughs> um, that was a soundtrack to new experiences, and a lot of people didn't appreciate it, but I was like, yo, he's doing something right now, and a lot of people don't see it. Like, they don't see it. But, I guess that's what makes, you know, visionaries from people who don't see. Hmm. I know this is probably going to sound crazy, but realistically, we're all crazy till we're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I can't even be mad. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get mad at someone doubting me. But what I would get mad at is someone doubting me when I'm actually doing the work. Like, this isn't me sitting around, you know, talking music like, yeah, you know, I'm a dude. But no, it's like I'm it's like I'm going to do this interview. And, you know, then tomorrow I'm going to be on set filming. Then the night after that, I'm going to be on set filming. Then the night after that, I'm going to go find somewhere to perform. And then Monday, I'm going to go find somewhere to perform. And then Tuesday, I'm going to spend some time with my fiance so, you know, she don't feel neglected, you know. Yeah, that's so Or I'm going to bring her with me when I go yeah. perform. You know what I'm saying? Because she a rider, you know. And it's like, you don't realize, like, you need that. You know, like, somebody has to be cheering from the stands because the rest of the world is booing, like, for real. You know, and what happens is one day, out of the blue, you just look around and, Somebody's feeling your stuff that wasn't before. You know, like like I was saying earlier, like somebody apologized to me. You know, he apologized. It wasn't because he didn't like believe in my project. It was because like I'd asked him for help and he sat around and didn't help. Like he didn't, you know, want to be an active member of it. But then he heard it and realized he had made a mistake. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. that, was, that was a different feeling because that's not what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I just wanted them to like the record. You know, I'm not, I'm not somebody out here trying to guilt people. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody don't gotta like everything, and mm-hmm. everybody you know don't gotta do things my way. But you know, when it came down to it. It would have took him, like, realistically, if I'd had help, it would have took me four months to get all of that finished. Uh. Yeah. But, hey, my plans and what actually happened are often very different. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens with plans. You know, you make the blueprint and they happen, they don't happen, but at least you you made the plan for something to happen. But, um... I guess, you know, we're coming up on two hours right now. We should probably wrap this up a little bit. It's um, a really long podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great conversation, though. I've enjoyed talking to you. And um, um, do you have anything, uh, you know, like uh, plug all your stuff right now? Uh, check out 
before heaven after suicide on itunes or spotify uh check out retro future it, it's worth the listen i'm sorry check out hashtag retro future ep because that's the official name i i bought the hashtag that way i own that too um rappers out there start buying the rights to your stuff you know, like especially if you're in Baltimore, figure out how to turn it into a business because we don't have industry there and we can't keep selling drugs to our own and expecting to advance. So we have to find a new way of industry there. So whatever talents you have, even if it's just putting together a staircase, figure out how to make that work and figure out how to make it work for the people around you. You know, uh the rest of the projects I'm working on, I really can't talk about because of non-disclosure agreements. Mm. But no, nah, that's good news. Like not being able to talk is good news when you're making stuff because that means you yeah. got shit going on. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, so so that's that's a good thing. I ain't tripping. Uh, you know, Zach, thanks for you know put me on, man. I I really do appreciate it. You know, I know you didn't have to. You know, and I think that's very courteous to you to you know extend that out. You know, so y'all show him some love and keep tuning back in. He'll keep bringing y'all you know better and better interviews, better music. I no doubt. And you know, anytime you have anything to say, you know, you're always welcome. Anytime you have anything to plug, whatever, you know, this is your home here. Um, Channel 10 podcast and all of that. Um, you know, you can follow us, channel10.com, all our social media right there. If you want to plug your social media um, where people can follow you and get into what you're getting into, um, iTunes, Twitter, Amazon, it's all on there. Um, you know, go ahead. Like, so um, we're here. Anytime you have anything to promote, we'll blast it out on Twitter and everything like that. Um, we have a lot of interviews coming through the pike, but this will probably be coming through um, probably sometime in September. So um, it'll hopefully add to, um, you know, your sales and all of that. And we definitely appreciate you coming through and gracing our platform. Um, anytime you want to come back, just let us know. Oh, most definitely, man. Thank you. We should have one of those, uh, one of those episodes like, you know how, like, the old white guy calling a radio station and, and you know, my problem is that, you know, like, we should definitely have one of those, man. I, I would I would love to be a, a part of that, man. No doubt, no doubt, man. We're going to work it out, and I definitely look forward to looking, uh, like, uh, working with you in the future. So, um, yeah, 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 we're definitely going to work it out. So, um, you know, Channel 10 podcast and all of that, um, Channel10podcast.com, Channel10 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, wherever you are, we are. And check out Brace Saga on everything and make sure you purchase it. Put some money back into your community. For somebody who actually cares and who's actually doing something, is actually inspiring people that are around you to do something and the younger people who are coming up to do something to make the world a better place and all that positivity and all that corny stuff and I mean, all it don't got to be better it's just got to be cost effective no i <laughs> really like six dollars to stretch that's all i'm saying that, that's that's my right. white people rant for the day <laughs> so six dollars you got six dollars send that in 
PayPal, or however you got it, send it in. It's going to go to something. So, yeah. Channel 10 Podcast, we out. Peace. Peace. Late. Feeling this here. Yeah, son, you feel it, man. Roll up, son. You gotta just do it, yo. Yo, roll up, man. It's a different channel, son. Roll up, on, man. Roll up, watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. Roll up, all good, baby, in every hood, son. Roll up, yo. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, got in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network, Channel 10, it's on again. Street niggas, this grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface.